Welcome to another episode of the JMS Podcast. Today's guest is comedian Darcy Gardner. Darcy Gardner is a good friend of mine. She came back to town, and it was quite surprising seeing her again, but it's great. She's the funniest people I know, and once we reunited, it was like time to even pass by. So I'm happy she's back, and we're collaborating, and it's something I really look forward to. Had a great conversation with her, and uh, it felt nice. It felt nice to uh, reflect back in our past and, and kind of take a look at where we're at now and realize, holy shit, we've gone through a lot, and we still have a lot to go through. But yeah, my worst nightmare happened. Uh, I had a guest over, had an amazing conversation with her, and not Darcy Gardner, but another guest. And as soon as I finished recording, the entire recording was distorted and just bad. I couldn't even use it. I couldn't fix it. So my biggest apology, I, oh my God, I don't know where to start. But it was a nightmare. It was like my podcasting not nightmare is to have a great conversation, like an hour long, and just not being able to show it to you people. So I've, I've, I fucked up, honestly, and I... I feel bad, but it's. I'm surprised it took this long. 44 episodes in. It's just unfortunate that it had to happen. So, goes to tell you, no matter how much you check, you gotta like triple check. Really? That made no sense, did it? No. Uh, what I meant to say, it always helps to double check at everything. Um, doesn't matter how confident you are in your equipment, yeah, things could fuck up quickly. And I should have known better, right? A guy coming from, you know, film production where the rule of law is anything can go wrong will go wrong. And, yeah, I fucked it up. But we're rescheduling. We're bringing her back. I'm excited to have her back. Uh, won't disclose her name yet, but she is a poet. I'll tell you that. And if she was here, she will tell you that you guys should check out South Bay Slam. That's right. The next South Bay Slam is not this Sunday, but next Sunday. And it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, she, uh, okay, I can't say her name. Okay, her her name is Boss Lady. She's somebody you got to check out. And Boss Lady runs a great show at Cafe Frascati called the South Bay Slam. Check it out. It's $5 at the door. I believe the show starts at 7. I'll keep you guys updated. And it's something to check out. Thank you for listening in, tuning in. Please subscribe to this podcast. Uh, you know the drill. I'm going to say this. It's iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Any other podcasting, subscribe. Subscribe. Check out the YouTube page of this. Actually, it's more like a YouTube channel, right? Yeah, it's a YouTube channel, JMS Podcast. Check out the videos I've created with the musicians. Check out the JMS Podcast Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and all that jam. Now, without much further ado, let's get on with our chat with Darcy Gardner. Darcy Gardner. Present. Darcy Gardner. <laughs> glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. I'm, I'm glad you're here to do this podcast as well. Yeah. <laughs> Is that how we're introducing it? Is that how you really want to start I guess. Out? Yeah. Like, why? No, like, hi, I have with me Darcy Gardner. Uh, she uh, yeah. is a comedian. Oh, you want me to introduce you like NPR? 
I don't know. Well, why not? Like, you can't just be like, Darcy Gardner, like, yes, sir, present. <laughs> like, it's a classroom. <laughs> yeah. That was a very abrasive uh, introduction. Oh. Would you like to start over? Would you like to NPR this? I mean, even if you uh, don't, you could just, like, say, hi, Darcy. Like, <laughs> hi, Darcy. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Jorge. Good to, good to hear from you. How, how was your day? Although we spend it mostly together. Right? Yes, I think we spent we spent like from 2:30 onwards together. Now I'm glad you're here cuz you're one of the few comics that was there for the beginning in my comedy career, right? You you've mentioned that yeah. you both technically started on the same day. Yeah, we had the same first day. All right, this was at the SJSU Comedy Club. Mm-hmm. The it was, Rob Roy mm-hmm. ran. Rob Roy ran that comedy club. I had emailed Rob the semester before, so this would have been like 2014 is when we started mm-hmm. so I emailed him at the fall semester of 2013 because I saw the signs because I wanted to ask you know what night is it what's going on and uh, were you always the, interested in comedy before yeah I had actually done stand up once before it might like only once in Cal State Fullerton Fullerton okay. so I saw I was kind of in a really weird spot in my life and I saw this like ad in the paper or not ad. It was like a in the paper. It was like this little blurb and it was uh, open mic night at this one coffee shop in downtown Fullerton, um, not too far from Cal State Fullerton. And I was like, OK, I'm doing this. And so I went and I was like this nervous wreck. I had no idea what I was going to go up there and say, but I heard one guy make this really awful and super racist black prostitute joke and I was like all right I can't be worse than that guy and I went up there and I stumbled over my words and I like hyperventilated probably a lot and I made some sort of story I made uh, oh I told a story instead of like a real joke because I didn't know what a real joke was like well I knew what it was but I didn't know how to formulate this properly what was the story about so this is the story of when I was in uh, college at Siena College, I went to Siena College in New York for my freshman and sophomore year. And um, the the I played softball. I was on a full ride softball scholarship to Siena College, and um, the girls on my team they they came up with a couple nicknames for me, and uh, one of them was Double Darcy. Double Darcy. And that was a reference to to my boobs. And the story was of our little, like, initiation, but not a real initiation because, like, that's fucked up. But it was just... Like a hazing? Yeah, it wasn't, like, really hazing. They mostly just stole some bras and posted it up around campus. Oh, so, so I yeah, so it wasn't like real hazing, and it you was, had to like scavenger hunt through yeah, the campus, yeah, to get my bras back. Were they at least easy places, or is it? Places yeah, they you were. Had to, no, you no, had no, to they were. Something? They were easy places. They were very public and very uh-huh. easy places. Uh-huh. And the joke was, I was double Darcy. Did so. you had to get them? Can you just be like, fuck it, yeah, I'm just buying new ones? Um, I'm sorry. Do you know how fucking expensive bras are? You mentioned this the other day. Yeah, uh, they're you like don't, fifty I'm, bucks. Per, oh my god, per bra per, per boob, or is it the entire thing? <laughs> well, it depends. Okay, so like, it depends on what we're talking. Mine are astronomically expensive because since then I have, like, this is weird. I don't know if I want to talk about it. But since then, I've gone up in size. I'm no longer <laughs> okay. Double Darcy. I'm, okay. I'm a lot more than that. Okay. <laughs> so is that, that nickname does not stick with you anymore? Yeah, so, no, it, it's not relevant. Darth Vader's been the one that stuck. So. Okay. 
which is a little so, funny. So that's the story you told, yeah, is that but, you, when you were initiated... You, yeah, they, the, the little hazing thing was... It's mostly just a harmless prank. They just stole some bras, and I was like, cool, yo. So that's... Were you that, cool with it? I'll be so annoyed. I thought it was hilarious. Okay, so you yeah. had fun with it. Good. Oh, yeah. You can't take that stuff seriously. Like, I would do the same thing. I would probably do worse and then get in trouble for it. So I was like, wow, this is very tame. How, how worse would you have done it? I don't know. I Let me... Try to think of a random prank to do. Oh. <laughs> well, you know, okay. So besides, this is the story. Oh, yeah. So I so I went up. I told that story. Um, I think I outlined it a little bit better, more like storyteller-y. And at the end, like, it was, like, good for a little bit of a laugh. But um, it wasn't, like, this great joke. And that was also the only one that I had. So I went back to the couch, and I was, like, I felt all nervous and, like, good, but, like, good about myself. Did you win alone? Yeah, I went alone. Oh, wow. You, you, you're, you're brave. Wow. Yeah. Well, also, I think it was better that I was alone because, like, I looked into a sea of strangers and realized I will not see any one of these fuckers again. I, my first time outside of San Jose State was mm-hmm. when we went as a group to Friscati. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I could have done it without you guys there. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, you did it. Did you do it the first? Yeah, you did it the first day with me. The first, yeah, the first one we went to. So the story of how Jorge got started for all the listeners. <laughs> so this, no, 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 no. I want to share this story. This is from Darcy's perspective. All right. How, what's my story, Darcy? Okay. So the story of how you Something got started. Something tells me I'm not going to like it. You're going to love it. Okay. You're going to love the story of how you got started. Um. So I show up to the time and place. It's the first meeting of the second semester for the comedy open mic. It's awkward that you're telling the story. I'm right in front of you. Like, <laughs> for the <laughs> listeners out there, I'm like sitting right in front of her. Go ahead, continue. Yeah, yeah. No, I'll tell you. I'll tell you all about what you look like. Uh, uh, who, <laughs> am I, is it different from what I look like today? It's about the same, but just my interpretation of you. So, did I get I cuter? Show, yeah, so I show early. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> yeah, you did get cuter. Don't oh, worry, thank you. Good to know. It's because I, you know, I'm kidding. It's because of what? It's because I got to know you, and now oh. I know how wonderful you are. Oh, it's good to know that's really my, my good personality instead of my looks. <laughs> oh wait, that's not what I said. <laughs> Actually, uh, that is kind of what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, what's my you, story? Forgive me. No, so your weird. story. So I show up, um, to the open mic, and I'm like super nervous. I hadn't the SJSU one, right? The SJSU. Yes, right. I hadn't gone out pretty much at all the entire first semester I was there. I emailed Rob, um, to ask about the meetings the previous semester but I was still like very much struggling from from my own life and I like just had this moment where I was seeing um I was seeing a therapist and I was telling him I wanted to get back into activities that I was interested in and he's like well do it look around this campus has got hundreds of clubs pick one that you're interested in and you should do it so I saw on the wall this little like the the sign had these tearaway things and it was a cat with these like horrified expression holding on to a mic and it says like are you funny <laughs> try stand-up comedy and i was like this is good this is the winner you, you know he still uses those flyers does he still use yeah those, those are is, great flyers the same design with it with a cat yeah, yeah i love those flyers. I, like i see them all over campus sometimes mm-hmm. and it's like oh rob still at it yeah so i go to um the meeting and i'm there early like i'm the first one there and i'm only there like 15 minutes early and um the classroom is occupied by some dumb film class or something. Okay. I don't know. What what class was it that you were in? 
Was that was that my class? It was HGH. Oh yeah, yeah. It was my screenwriting class. Screenwriting class. Yes. Okay, so clearly yes. it was less important than what I wanted to do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, so, yeah, you were there for the screenwriting class, and the class gets out, and, and you and, and you, you, stayed, you you saw me in slow motion, right? Like mm, many you saw me. Oh yeah, went slow your motion. Hair, your long and, hair flipping back, and a white and, like, dove a just boys, flew by. Yeah, yeah. The Beach Boys songs played by, like "Endless Summer Love." I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so you you walked in, you saw me. I did, I did see you. Okay, no, so no, no, I didn't walk in. You stayed after class. Oh yeah, yeah that that's right. Okay, you stayed after class to talk with the professor. Yeah, and we all came in Probably and had you an argument were... with him. Uh, it's pretty common. Yeah, <laughs> I fight with my my teachers all the time. It's stupid. I don't know why I do it. Yeah, why? I, I don't. I'm trying to analyze why you might do that. I I'm trying to figure out too. Like I don't know what it is. It's just. Uh, I don't know. I just have disagreements, and for some reason, I feel I, need, I should voice them. Maybe because I'm paying tuition and shit. Like I want to get the full, um, you know, yeah. experience. Yeah, you want to get that money's worth out of that nine hundred and twelve dollar class that you're paying for. Oh god, don't remind me. So I, <laughs> I stayed. Yeah. Yeah. I, so you stayed late. You were talking to the professor, and then like maybe a dozen people. Yeah, probably about a dozen, at least six or seven people walk in the classroom and are sitting there, and Rob is setting up the microphone stand. And then you turn around and you're like, hey, what is this? What's going on? And then Rob's all like, oh, blah, blah, blah. We're here for the comedy club. And you're like, oh, my gosh, this is great. Can I stay? And then we're like, yeah, you can stay. And at the same time, I was like, no, I don't want more people here. Like, go the fuck away. Was this your first day there? Yeah. You're already kicking day. people out? <laughs> I was just nervous. I was I was terrified. Yeah. I was like, there's... Cause as more people are coming, I like am getting increasingly nervous because uh-huh. all I can think of is like, no, like, like there should be less people here, like, too many people. Ah, so scary. You know, if you were serious and you, and you told me to no, I would have really like just left. And be no, like, I would have never next. done that. That would have been such a douche thing. So you, I would have missed out on a wonderful so, friendship. <laughs> so, so you didn't voice that, that you didn't want me there. No, well, okay. I didn't exactly specifically. It wasn't you at all. It was just I didn't want anybody there. I think yeah. I just wanted to sit in an empty classroom. With <laughs> <a microphone. laughs> I just really wanted an empty classroom with a microphone right. and just to talk to the back corner of the wall. Uh huh. And then just be like, so I could go to my therapist and be like, I tried that whole club thing. It didn't work. <laughs> Right. So, so there you are, and then I go up, and I think I told, I think I told that double Darcy story, and then everybody was like, yeah, then everybody was like, oh, that's kind of depressing. No. Yeah. That was funny. It was funny, but then like the ending was all depressing or something. What was ending depressing? I don't. I don't don't want to share. I don't want to share where people. I remember. Remember the. No, 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 no. No. Don't share because you're gonna remember it. It's gonna dawn on you why it's depressing. Cause you had to buy new bras. No, I didn't buy new bras. I, I got my old bras. Oh. Bras are fucking expensive, man. We've already covered this. <laughs> Listen to your own podcast. <laughs> okay, it was depressed. I, I okay. D- I don't. I don't recall, but I'm sure it happened. Yeah. So, so I told that, and like the ending was a little off, and they were like, then Rob was like, blah blah blah. Here's how you formulate a joke. We're like. I think it's a great concept, but wouldn't it be great if like this was a thing? Because Rob is cool that way, mm-hmm. and he was like are you cool with like listening to what other people have to say? And I was like, yeah. And then other people would be like, great. It'd be so cool if you added this. And I was like, this is great feedback. And I'm less afraid of you all. And we should mention the people in that room was Rob, Paul Diggins, I believe. Paul Diggins, Puya. Puya. Um, uh, Ryan Sudakran. Matt Regan. Matt Regan. Um, God, who else? Uh, Benita, my roommate. Benita. She was there the first day. Uh, uh, was Omar? 
the time? Omar? Or was it Omar, later? I don't think Omar was at that one. Mm. But, um, and then Kelsey. Kelsey! Oh my yes. god, Kelsey! Yeah, we, we had a pretty good yeah. group. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, and then, there, yeah, I think that was it. And that that's... That's it? Yeah, I think so. So you got feedback? Yeah, so I got some feedback about, like, what to do, and then I was chatting with Rob, and then you go up, and then you told this joke about, like, people trying to fuck up your name, and how, like, because initially you introduced yourself as George, yeah, and then you, like, made this joke about, like, how you want to be called Jorge, but, like... It's like whore, hey, and like you were yeah. making that joke, and it was like kind of ridiculous. And then we made this thing up, so which oh my god, I anybody who listens who knows you, I really want them to do this from now on when they see you. It's we started to go hip hip whore, hey. Do you remember that? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, you don't remember hip hip whore. Hey? I mean, now that you're saying it, yeah. it makes sense that you would yeah. have told me that. Yeah, but I don't remember. God, were Anyone you, like, else? blackout drunk through this whole thing? Uh, probably. I was probably on drugs when, yeah. when this whole experience happened. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I remember there that first day. I was, I remember I was depressed as fuck. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, my God. You and I were in the uh, same fucking boat uh, that because day. Because it was my second semester. No, wait. It was in the fall or in the spring? It was the spring. Yeah. So, so it's my second semester, so, too. So, so the first semester I transferred, I had a hard time fitting in at the SJSU. Not anymore. Now I'm cool. I, I kind of got you guys and other groups. Mm-hmm. But at the time, I had a hard time uh, making friends or sticking around campus or any reason to really exist at SGSU. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, like, you know, uh, again, you know, digging along with my teachers, not really, like, you know. And so I was like, ah, you know, life sucks. And then it was comedy. And I was like, oh, yeah, I, me- I remember asking you guys. Mm-hmm. So someone, I don't remember. It was probably Rob. It was Rob. Yeah, it was definitely, it was Rob. Because you guys came in and you guys were, like, excited and happy. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, what's this? What club is this? Because I used to run a club at the Anza. I, I started the De Anza Film Society. So I was curious. I was like, oh, what club is this? And Rob was like, oh, it's a comedy club. I'm like, uh, that's cool. Like, improv? He goes, no, like, stand-up. And I was like, you know what, you know. I really love stand-up from, from as a kid. Like my biggest influence was George Lopez and Gabriel Glasses and, and the usual suspects in the Latino mm-hmm. uh, comedy circuit. And you know, and just the idea of performing by yourself on stage and making people laugh. And I was like, yeah, you know, maybe today if I do this, I'll validate my existence here. <laughs> it's just you. So, so I remember I stuck around, and, and my I was just gonna stop. I, I, I was just gonna stay and listen to you guys. That's because I, I was shy. Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah, but they really and, they really got you up on stage. They were like, "You should do it. You should do well, it." Because Rob has a great tactic. Because Rob says, "Hey man, just go up there and say your name, and that's it." You know, just go up there and say your name, and so and, and it's genius. Because oh, and that's why you got into because, the story about yeah. why your name was yeah. like George, but yeah. also not George. Yeah, so I wasn't joking. I was rambling. Yeah, because because I, I was like. Because once you're up there, you're like, well, might as well stick for the time, you know? Yeah. Might as well do something. Yeah. Well, because then and once he gets you up there to say your name, he starts asking you questions, yeah. too. Rob is kind of a fucking genius that he, way. He is. Rob, if you're listening, mad props. Mad props right now. And so, and, like, when I went up there, it's like, and you guys pay attention to me. I was like, you, you guys give me that tension I was, I was yearning for. And, but then I was nervous because, like, oh, shit, here comes the feedback. That was pretty bad. And I got pretty positive feedback. I was like, oh. And just the fact that he was, like, really cool and down to earth and, like, I don't know, that group of people at the time, we all were, like, in someone the same boat. Like, we were trying to figure shit out. And, like, we know that maybe we're not funny, but we're fun with each other. Mm -hmm. So that's why I kept coming around. 
Yeah. And and in some ways that that club saved not saved my life, but like kind of made my my experience at SJSU at the time a lot better. No, I mean I get that. I feel like you and I are very much in the same boat. Like especially that you know comes from like you showed up out of this really weird time in your life, like, mm. and then it was one of those things where yeah maybe we weren't funny, but every Tuesday you could count on there being a comedy club meeting and mm. and everybody was cool. Everybody was so cool. Nobody was a dick. Yeah. Like, there was a really cool group, and then afterwards, you'd go to the Tuesday Cafe for Scotty, uh-huh. and you'd do the open mic there, because there was no Monday night back then. Um, it was just the Tuesday open mic. Well, because I didn't know about the comedy scene no. at all. No, you know? I had no idea. I, I didn't I, even I, know that people did stand-up <laughs> comedy, like, right. in real life. I just thought they did it on <laughs> Comedy Central, and that was it. Yeah. That was like... There is no in-between. You're either hilarious and on Comedy Central, uh-huh. or you are not you're in san jose hgh third floor yeah uh, the hugh gillis hall yeah. building and and you know what i'm glad that i my comedy began in that environment because we it was, it was like a good support system for yeah. us because we went together we supported each other mm-hmm. in performing comedy in, in open mics because i knowing now it's like the the comedy scene and how how it is and and uh I think if I would have started fresh as as, as, a, as a nobody and trying to break it, I don't think I would survive as much as I have. Yeah. Like, well, and I think also, I mean, I know that definitely the comedy club, even at my like shittiest moments in comedy, I always knew that there was kind of that interesting support system in place, like Rob and you. I mean, some of the other people have dropped out over the over the years. I know Kelsey. Um, he's a graphic design major, and I haven't seen much of him. And Puya graduated, and you know, Benita uh, and I don't live together anymore. So, like, some of the people from that club have drifted away. But definitely, you know, Rob still runs the club. Mm -hmm. And, like, he was still in some, like, gnarly times or when I was feeling really down about my comedy. I I think we were all, like, going through shit. Yeah, but we had each other. And, I mean, I still have you when I, like, when I think about doing stand-up, I'm like, what would Jorge do? (laughs) (laughs) Do the opposite. Yeah, yeah, I I think that's the way to go. Do the opposite of what Jorge would recommend and you'd be just fine. Yeah, so my life is going really well. I've done everything that you told me I shouldn't do. It's been wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) So you're a great support system. Uh, oh, it's good to know. It's good to know. Um, I hope people don't flock. Like we need Jorge as a support system. Yeah. Because I don't know. I could. You can't handle this. I can't. I can't. Like one person's good. Darcy, you're good. Okay, sweet. You're good. I don't need another. Yeah. Another person to, to I don't know. To to take care of. To take, I'm not taking care of you. Yeah, that's true. I kind of take care of myself. Of course. But I think it's great that you were there because we didn't really get many female uh, people. Female yeah. people, <laughs> not, not. people we, who are female. We are female too. Yeah, female are people too. Yeah. Uh, we didn't. We, we, we didn't get much female comics come to the club. So, yeah, so, we so, didn't. so for me. But he, we did. He did. Um, the next semester, the fall of the following semester, or the spring of the following, um, the following year, he had one or two female comics that showed up to the club. Hmm. So, um. I stopped showing up to the club because it conflicted with other activities that I was doing in my life. What were you doing? Well, um, I was, well, I was, <laughs> I was in a sorority. Yeah. Um, that's good. That took a lot of time. And then I also, you know, had another, a couple other groups of friends that I developed over the following years or year and a half. And, um, I wasn't living on campus anymore. Yeah. So there are a couple different reasons I, I, why I sort of like lost 
attendance to that. Yeah. But, you know, I never lost attendance to the Cafe Frascotti, and Rob and I are always still very cool, so. Yeah. It's, it's funny how we, we, we kind of drifted away, but at the same time, not really. Yeah. Because we, we meet up, and it's like, oh. Yeah. And, like, Matt Regan's, oh. are, it's part of my, my comedy writing team. You are, too, now. So, it's, yeah. like, it's really interesting how, how. I had my first sesh today. It was cool. Let's talk about that. So, so for the listeners out there, uh, how was your first uh, comedy writing room session with me and my my team? Well, oh man, well, it was awful. <laughs> you know, I hated all of you. You just yelled at me so much, and I cried, and then I left, and I was like, oh, yeah. I'm never working in this town again. It's it's like show running a show. Yeah, no, I'm kidding. It was nothing if, like it, that. It, it was very it, cool. If you don't have a, a crying writer, then you're not doing a good job. Yeah. So I was the cry. No, that's not that's not true at all. Well, first of all, I should say that. Um, I showed up an hour and a half late. No, that wasn't your fault. That was yeah. my fault. So, yeah. So, I'm going to put the blame on Jorge on this one. <laughs> Rightfully so. Um, you know, um, he was like, oh, let's meet up at three. And then he changed it to one. And I did not wake up in time to see that he changed it to one because... Did you wake up when I texted you? Um, No. Gosh. <laughs> I texted you at one. <laughs> did you wake up at one? No. <laughs> You give me that look. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. I maybe woke up at one o'clock. I don't really do days. Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm getting old because when I wake up around 12, mm-hmm. um, before, mm-hmm. it was it felt so good to wake up at 12 mm-hmm. or 11. Like, yeah, I had a good sleep or whatever. But now when I do it, I feel disgusting with myself. I was like, oh, my God, I just slept through like four hours I could have used to do something. Do you feel the same way or not? No. No, you enjoy no. it still. All I can think of is like, oh my god, what do I have to get up out of this bed? <laughs> I actually spend like I was actually probably awake for at least like thirty minutes before, but I spend at least between thirty minutes to an hour every morning being like, do I really have to get up out of this bed? Like, come on, Darcy, like you can do it. You can. You do have to get up. I'm like, oh, but it's so warm. Oh, but I have to get up. Oh, no, I don't have to. I could ditch that. Oh, no, I really can't. It's a very interesting internal struggle. <laughs> now, it's such a bad comedy. Uh, I don't remember us having this conversation, mm-hmm. but I'm pretty, pretty much I want to ask, who were your comedy inspirations? Oh, well... I mean, Sarah Silverman, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, actually, for me, I think the biggest one is Amy Schumer. But, like, kind of before Amy Schumer was, like, this big comedy central sensation. Mm-hmm. And, like, I feel like that sounds really hipster. But also after she was a big comedy central sensation and after the movie Trainwreck because I fucking love that. But also, like, I've, I've been a, a bit of a fan of hers for a little while because I really like... I really like how she says like these really disgusting things and same thing with Sarah Silverman. They just say these really like kind of gnarly things and just so sweetly like nothing is fucking wrong. And I'm like, yeah, that's what I want to do. I just want to say the grossest shit with a straight fucking face. The problem is, is that I laugh through all the jokes, Mm. but I just want to talk about like, like vaginas and like. Vaginas, vaginas, vaginas it's a pretty pretty big theme in your in your in your comedy uh, set. Yeah, it is a theme in my comedy set. I don't know how to tell you this. It's sort of a theme in my life because I have one and I carry it around with me (laughs) every day. Is that what it is? Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's. I know you've never seen one before. It's okay. (laughs) Ouch! Really? Okay. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I carry that that whole vagina thing around with me everywhere I go. I, I feel bad because maybe I should pay more attention to my to my penis or something. Because like, <laughs> you, you're putting so much attention to, you, to your uh, organ. 
That's weird to call it an organ. <laughs> an organ, yeah. Uh, you could just say the word vagina. vagina. It's okay. For some reason, I censored myself in front of you, which is weird. Yeah. Uh, anyway, you could say the you, word you, vagina. You're putting attention okay. to your vagina, and I'm like putting like almost no attention to my penis. Well, it's okay. Don't it's worry. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Something to work on. Yeah. It's. I feel like enough males pay attention to their penis <laughs> that we need to start. Like, I think the thing is, is like. I just decided to not be afraid of my vagina. Were you afraid of it before? Oh my god, so terrified. Yeah. It was like There's a lot of power there, huh? Yeah, well, you know, the whole like female sexuality, um, and just like this fear of like like being openly sexual or, you know, being strong and powerful or even having sexual empowerment. Those things were really like it's very repressed and there's just this culture of like oh you don't say vagina you don't talk about it and i mean it's like it's better here in the bay area than it is in other areas but i grew up in conservative orange county where Mm. like if you like people in high school still giggled at the word vagina and like just female sexuality very repressed more of a conservative area than other places so i just like had that like whole thing of like oh like you can't like when guys would like try to eat me out I'd be like all nervous about it because I'd be like no it's gross down there and I'd like never seen it for a really long time and then um I like god what was the start of like recognizing the bullshit I think it was it was the year between Siena College and San Jose I was living in SoCal this Fullerton at the time right no this was Huntington Beach Huntington Beach I did the stand up in Fullerton but um so I, I lived in Loudonville, New York mm-hmm. for two years for Siena College. for And then I um, forfeited my scholarship. I didn't want to play anymore. I had a series of kind of gnarly wrist and knee and ankle injuries that I was like, I'm just, I'm ready to be done. And I went back to Huntington Beach. And um, I spent a year sort of like, what do I do with my life now? Because um, I didn't want to drop out of school, but like it was past all the deadlines for acceptance and also I was sort of in between on credits because private schools in upstate New York don't exactly transfer to any Cal well they transfer differently to like Cal State schools and mm-hmm. UC schools so I pretty much I spent a year in community college sort of figuring out like doing the credit transfer so I could get an AAT and I could transfer to a, a state school so um, I did that and in that year, I sort of slowly realized there's um, there's just sort of like this kind of slow realization that like things were just really bad. I felt really repressed. I didn't like want to talk to anybody. I was like very depressed and I was sort of like not OK with embracing my sexuality. And then I was like, why are women like this? Like, why are we told that we are not? Okay? It's not OK to be like this. Why? Why can't I say it? Why do I have to feel embarrassed? Why can't I walk down the street without like some asshole saying some bullshit thing to me? And it's way worse in San Jose. So in just San Jose, sort of, it's worse. Oh, say? San Jose, it's way worse. Yeah. yeah, especially by to walk to from to walk from my car to Cafe Frescotti. Yeah, there's um the Jack in the Box parking lot by and like Lebex oh, yeah. yeah. and like that's the worst. So I I take active effort to avoid that. But like you get all sorts of weird stuff there. Yeah. Um, but like all sorts of questions. And then the more I was like, I had no answers for it. And the more I realized I had no answers for it, the more ridiculous it all seemed. And so it was one of those things where I was just sort of like, we should talk about this. And then, uh, one of my roommates, my, my first year at San Jose, my roommate, Krista, Krista Neal, 
she was like, you should audition for the vagina monologues. And I was like, what's the vagina monolo- monologues? Because mm-hmm. I never heard of that or Eve Ensler, which, boy, was that a big mistake in my life. Um, not hearing about her sooner. So I go to the interview or not the interview, the audition. I go to the audition and the piece that I picked out was the cunt piece. And what I, is this piece? Okay. I haven't seen the vagina monologue. Are you kidding me? I've been in it uh, for two years in a row and you've never seen it. I don't think I got invited. I think I was just given a, a vagina chocolate, but, but I think, <laughs> didn't I tell you to like, go see it when I, you bought the chocolate? Okay. Uh, well, you're going this year. Okay. For sure. Uh huh. That's I, a thing. I'll be in the front row. I'm going to be dragging you there, but I know, I know it's a, like a, it's like a nationwide phenomenon. Like I know well, like, it's like, not nation. It's international. Right. It's around the world. So the way it works is that Eve Ensler is the original or is the, the playwright. She and it's a it's she did interviews with a bunch of women and they were all like power to vaginas and she got their stories and there's a lot of international stories and just stories and she put them in monologues and um, the way it is is that um, any institution can get her script for free. The deal is is that you give you need to give 10% of your proceeds to what's called the One Billion Rising Foundation. And the One Billion Rising Foundation, it's started up by Eve Ensler, and it goes towards helping women internationally. Um, one of the years, they set up a, a safe house for women in Africa, in a certain place in Africa, trying to escape clitorectomies. Mm-hmm. They set up a community there. There's all sorts of different stuff that they do with that. And then the rest of the 90%, all of it has to be donated to um, local women's institutions. So the San Jose State one, 45% goes to the YWCA Rape Crisis Center. And then 45% goes to the Asian Women's Home, which is a um, home for women who are trying to escape domestic violence and abuse. And it's a home that does not separate children from their parents or from their mothers. Hmm. So we donate to like, that's what the San Jose one is for. So I went to that. I did the audition. The cunt piece is pretty much like this girl, this woman, not girl, this woman is trying to reclaim the word cunt because it has this really negative connotation and people are like, oh, you can't say cunt and it's now my favorite word. And in it, she's just Pretty go- good word. Yeah. yeah. It's just so final. It's the T at the end, the cunt. It has that power, mm-hmm. uh, like that bassy power yeah. to it. You know, you know. Cunt. Yeah. Well, you know about my superhero name. <laughs> yes. It's the best superhero <laughs> name ever. Thunder cunt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I think that's- oh. Thunder cunt. And it's got, it's got such a good, like I feel like you could use that word in a sonnet. And I know that word in, in England, it's, like, not a big deal. Like yeah. But here, it's, like, this huge deal. It's, right. like, holy shit. Like, like you've dropped the worst word possible. <laughs> I think there's much worse words in our language. <laughs> I don't know. Cunt. Like, I've, I've said that before. And, like, I'm telling you, like, glasses shattered. Really? No, not really. Oh. But what, what was I, it? it was just the, this met by a lot of, by a lot of um, shocked, shocked faces and appalled looks. Then that's a good sign. I think. I think once you you shocked faces. Yeah, but I'm not trying to go for like you, shock you, comedy. You, you, like you've I'm made just, a statement. Yeah, like oh, you did this on a set. No, no, I didn't do this on the set. I do this in real life. Oh, okay. Like I just walk around like fuck you, cunt. To random people, no. What? <laughs> no, not to random people. To my friends, yeah. duh. Okay. And my family. And your family. <laughs> got it. So you, with Jenna yeah. Logs, you got so, involved. But, so yeah, I got involved in that, and then that really opened my eyes to a lot of. Um, women's issues to a lot of like embracing sexuality to a lot of problems um and a lot of like kind of ways we can sort of dispel these problems so and the more i 
was involved in that and the more I found out about that and just the more the more I wanted to know more so you know I wasn't a gender studies major or a women's studies major but um I I feel like you know I read um I read Kant there's a book called Kant mm-hmm. I recommend it it's a little it's a little gnarly but I dig it um I you know would read like just sort of I subscribe to everyday feminism it's like a blog um just sort of talk about like women's issues but not just from like um the white women's perspective because it also you know discusses intersectionality between like ethnic women and transgender women and all sorts of you know it just it really is much it's a much more encompassing sort of blog and so you know that was really helpful in opening my eyes about that sort of thing so part of why I have vaginas as a theme so much in my comedy is because I just like it's supposed to make people uncomfortable but it's also supposed to be like don't be afraid of it it's like it's funny it's okay like vaginas are funny like they're cute like they, no they big can deal. be funny they can be funny like it doesn't have to be cunt doesn't have to be the serious thing it does not have to be like oh my god she's talking about vaginas and women's sexuality and we cannot have women talking about their vaginas the way men talk about their penises because women are chaste and this is kind of notion. And so for me, I just want to go up there and just make everybody as really uncomfortable with vagina jokes as possible and just sort of notify them that like, hey, it's funny and it's fine. No big deal. It's like you're on this crusade. Yeah, a little bit. But, but all crusades should have some humor. Like, I yeah. don't want to be one of those solemn crusaders who's like vaginas we need to take this shit seriously you should carry like a sign yeah we need to take vaginas seriously uh, people like i do not want to take if i take vaginas seriously man like i can't take anything seriously so it's not gonna happen but like there's always like the seriousness of like i'm really angry about women's issues and well yes i really am about like all sorts of stuff like the wage gap and like mm-hmm. how shitty women of minority are treated and all sorts of stuff the way women are portrayed in media well, I'm really angry about all that. Like, I don't want to just be this very angry person and just express it so It's so hard not vehemently. to be angry, though. Yeah, but I mean, I feel that yeah. anger, but I feel like that anger drives a lot of the writing. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, like, I don't want to stand up there and just yell at people and be like, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm angry, and, like, you should feel as angry as I... You should know how I feel, yeah. and that will change it. Because, like... There are plenty of people who who do that and do it very well. But for me, that's not... I don't do that well. Mm. I'm bad. I'm bad at being angry, like, outwardly or expressing it so solemnly. I'm good at being funny and maybe not, like, all the time or maybe not in a stand-up context. I have jokes that bomb all the time. But I like being... I like making jokes out of things. And, you know, if the joke just makes one person think, like... Hey, like, I made you think about it, you know, before you met me. Like, I remember there was that one time where I was, like, trying to explain all the crazy shit that we went through. Like, what it was like walking down the street and getting catcalled. Mm-hmm. And, like, after that, you were like, holy shit, you're fucking not wrong. And I was like, yeah, you see what the fuck I'm talking about, Jorge? <laughs> yeah. Do you remember this conversation that we had? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Are you are you lying for the podcast or do you really remember no, it? No, I do. I know we had several conversations about yeah. it. Yeah. And if I could just make one person realize it and just one person more empathetic. Well, I wasn't that. blinded of it. It's yeah. just it's just, you know, it's different. You know, it's one of those things where issues when when they seem distant, mm-hmm. 
you don't really consider it too much but when it happens to a friend of yours Mm -hmm. or when when things like you know or a family member then it really hits you like it's like okay you know it's 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 as close to you than you think and Mm -hmm. the proximity of these you know Mm -hmm. behavior is around you Mm -hmm. and and it just you know right yeah, and if I could just make people realize that in a way that's sort of, like, funny, that also gets a couple laughs, like, why the fuck not? Hmm. So. No, but, but it's interesting, because uh, not only, you know, do we talk about the the uh, the word of, uh, woman and how they're perceived, mm-hmm. you chose an interesting uh, stage, and that is the comedy stage. Yeah. Because that it's the comedy scene and, and the way it treats women is itself a problem. yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I've heard when I started to to date, I've heard at least five or six times men, fellow men, male comedians tell me that they don't think women are funny. Like are these local comedians? What? Local comedians? Yeah, local comedians. I'm not going to mention any names. uh, Like why would anybody local know anything about comedy and what it is? It's so stupid. No, no. Well, I mean, they they may know what comedy and what it is and stuff, but to like have... Like, you can think that a certain female comedian is not funny, or even a couple, but to have such a blanketed statement, such a general statement, it kind of, it kind of, it's just really, it's one of those things. And, you know, I was at a time where, like, sort of, those comments really hurt. I felt very personally, like, hurt. Like, oh my god, I am a woman and therefore cannot be funny. And, like, that thought entered my brain, and I sort of was like, why did that thought enter my mind? That's so dumb. Like... Why am I letting that affect me? And I did. I did let some of that affect me. But, you know, realizing that, like, like they don't think women are funny. That's such a, like, what if I came in here and was like, I don't think male comedians are funny. Or I don't think insert group here is funny. Yeah. You know, like, w- like that would make you feel really bad, right? Like, oh, yeah. If I was serious. Yeah. And so it was one of those, those things where, like, you know, you hear those comments you shake it off it's such a male dominated thing and because so much of the audience you know like even today fellow com- comedian writer when i was pitching a sketch she says well you know most of the audience is male so yeah. this sketch might not might not hit yeah. because it's it's probably like more female driven and i'm like well good i know that the rest that most of the audience is male because it's a comedy open mic and uh, that's exactly why I chose this sort of right. this sort of material material because you know there is no reason that men won't find this funny. Like I mean, maybe there is a little reason. Maybe it's too close to home for a couple and, of and them. Then, then, but and, there's, and, and then yeah. making the assumption that the women are funny. You're yeah. also making an assumption uh, to women that your material men are, are not going to get. Right. Well, and also wrong. just that like all women have a certain kind of humor is right. also a wrong assumption too. Yeah. That there is a certain kind of woman or humor that women have and it's targeted to men. Or, I'm sorry, targeted to other women. Right. And there are a certain type of humor that men have and that's targeted to everybody. Yeah. Like that sort of mentality is not correct. And it's, it's very much like, no, no, no. Like I, I know that like men, some men might not like this joke. But that's no reason to be like, oh, this joke's not going to hit because it's a male audience and I'm a female pitching this idea, which kind of has some some more female um, 
more female understanding or female centric ideas and even that idea of like oh this is a female joke and this is a male joke is kind of dumb anyway yeah so yeah but it's it's interesting and honestly like i give give props to you and all the local female comedians that continue on Uh, i know you took a hiatus for a while yeah well hopefully i'll be back i'm looking to be back on monday i took a to to anybody listening it took like a a year long hiatus where i wrote jokes but did not perform and that's a whole nother story as well. Yeah. 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 And, and I know it, another dangerous thing uh, that people think about within the comedy community is this concept of, of dating other comedians. Don't do it. You know, because because and, and, and that's the shittiest part. And I think I'm guilty of it, too, a bit. Uh, actually, a lot considering what happened to me. But when a female decides to get into comedy, mm-hmm. men flock to her trying to woo her. And that's like and, and really, that's news to me. Yeah, it's, a, it's like like a, a comedian men. It's it's once they see a woman, they they flock to her trying to you know. It depends. Yeah. Not all men, of course, yeah. but but there's a good percentage you'll be hit on by a comic. See, really, in, in the most like, inappropriate way too. Oh, I mean, like I got like one or two comments, but it didn't seem like because I'm finding that strange hmm. because like not like. I haven't been, and maybe it's just like me, maybe like, oh, like this girl is fucking weird talking about vaginas up on stage, but like, like, uh, I noticed one or two inappropriate comments at a bar that like I had done, um, stand up at, but like, that doesn't strike me as out of normal bar behavior, mm. but like, I haven't noticed, um, this sort of men like I feel like that's maybe not necessarily true maybe you just uh, are Mm. climbing on every female (laughs) (laughs) no no I'm referring to uh, somebody I won't mention her name but she she trained involved in comedy and I supported her and she asked me for tips and I I half jokingly but I kind of meant it that don't date a comedian Oh yeah, but then uh, then I seconded that to her. I said, "No, like date them fine, but like don't sleep with them." <laughs> uh, <laughs> Whatever you do, and then she yeah, goes, "Oh, yeah. too late." And I was like, "What?" Yeah. She's like, "Uh," yeah. I was like, "Son of a bitch." Yeah. So, that's that. But anyway, but for for the most part, do you feel like your your comedy experience is mostly positive? As a, oh, very much so. Um, you know, I. I mean, it has its moments. The thing is, is like, comedy is a great outlet to, you know, one of the reasons why I I felt like I should get into comedy, like I really wanted to do comedy, is because I have this experience in my life where I see just these really mundane events that seem like really, like, like no big deal. And like, 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 um... I'll give you an example. Like one time, there's one that really hit me hard. One time I was standing in line behind somebody at a CVS mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, do you have your CVS card? And the person was like, no, can you look it up for my number? So they're like, yes. So this, this fucking person gives the person like four numbers for the CVS uh, card because she, the first one, she's like, it's her cell phone. And then it's not her cell phone. Then it's her home number or her boyfriend's number. And like, all sorts of she goes through like four different numbers before she finds the one that clicks she doesn't get any discounts <laughs> all <laughs> on that was for nothing yeah. yeah on anything and then the receipt comes out and i don't know if any of you have like been to see if you've ever been to cvs yeah. but like 
the receipt. Yeah. Holy shit! It's like like a fucking streamer, like toilet paper. Uh-huh. Like next thing you know, it was like whoa! It just keeps going and going, like comically long, like seven or eight coupons print out at the bottom, and like none of them were for shit that she needed. Like it was all just bullshit that she didn't need. And so all I could, I was looking at this interaction, and I'm like, this is I'm not high, like I'm not no substances. And I'm looking at this like, this is the funniest shit I've ever seen in my life. Like, mm-hmm. does anybody else? And then I'm, like, looking around because I need somebody to look at this and be like, like, this is funny. Like, point at it. Be like, this is funny. So I'll have these moments. Did you point at them? No, but I really wanted to. <laughs> just, just point at In them. my head, I wanted to be like, hold on. Everybody fucking stop what you're doing yeah. and look at this bullshit interaction right here. <laughs> so that happens to me. Where, like, I'll see things like that, and it will just be so funny, and there's just an aspect of it, just an aspect of absurdity in reality that is comical. And I feel like I see this all the time, like, that there's just all these comical things, it's just reality. And so I thought stand-up would be good, because I feel like my life is a sitcom anyway, so I need a laugh track at least. What kind of sitcom would it be? What, What kind of sitcoms are there? Yeah, there's several. There's the, uh, the all about nothing like like uh, Seinfeld, and then there's mm-hmm. the other ones. Well, all about nothing sounds about right for oh. reality, but <laughs> um, oh, you, oh, did you say reality TV show? No, 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 not oh. reality TV. Like, like, cause that's all weird with like interviews and shit, and that's mm-hmm. not reality. Like, reality itself is like just ridiculous. So tell me a bit your process when writing a joke. Okay, so first it's like either two in the morning and I'm starting to fall asleep or it's like 7.30 in the morning and I'm half awake. And then just, I will think about conversations that I've had in the day and some of them have struck me as really funny. And like, it's not this conscious thought of like, oh, these conversations, I must go through them. But it's sort of like, that was a one, that conversation that I had was really funny. What was it about? And then sort of a concept will start to materialize mm-hmm. and just like this concept will start to materialize and then I'll imagine myself so at, like at fucking 2 in the morning 2.30 in the morning I'll imagine myself standing up on a stage telling this joke and the joke will like the setup will formulate and then the punchline will come out and even if then what will happen is I will get really upset because I'm almost asleep and I'll roll over and I'll write it down as fast as I can and then I'll pass out or I'll fall asleep and I'll forget it the next morning. But on the times where I do roll over and then I write it down, like oftentimes it's a, it's a like fairly full joke. There's plenty of times where it's only a punchline or just a concept. And um, like 90% of the time when I reread it in the morning, or later that day, if it's like the 7.30 in the morning one and I'm half asleep, I'll reread it and it doesn't make any sense. It looks like I was high when I wrote it. But the actual act of writing it down made me remember what was going on. Right. So then I'll go back and then I'll rewrite it, excluding like 90% of the actual original joke, but sort of having like this idea of like a much more formed and coherent joke. Um, or I'll look at the concepts and I'll think, can there be a punchline to this? Or the punchline and what would be a good setup to this punchline that I somehow had in a vision at like three in the morning. Um, almost all my writing happens as I'm falling asleep or while I'm laying in bed um, 
just woke up but like don't actually have to get up for like five more hours so that's sort of the process which is a right pain in the ass for my sleep schedule yeah but i can see how that could be but it actually it's for some reason it's probably because that's when my mind's the quietest Mm. but it's this moment of of joke clarity and just this visual representation of me up on a stage telling this joke that's interesting. You mentioned conversations. I feel like some of my best stuff came out of talking to you, conversations with you, trying to make each other laugh. Yeah. You're like a comedy muse to me. Oh, stop it. I'm serious. Like, I remember like all those jokes I come up with, uh, not all of them, but like, a good amount of them started where we were just hanging out and just Shooting weird shit. weird shit would happen to us. Yeah. You know, like the, the, the homeless joke. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, that homeless joke was like my favorite joke, too. And that happened because we I was walking with you and a friend mm-hmm. and the homeless guy did recognize me. And yeah. He was like, hey, Jorge, what's up? And I was like, yeah, I was or he didn't say Jorge. He said, hey, man, yeah. what's up? And then you were like, hey, buddy. And like, yeah, me and my friend being a woman do not stop when a male <laughs> approaches us on the street. Like right. what you do is you put your head down and you keep walking. And right. you were like, hey, and we're standing there like, what the fuck is wrong with is you? Jorge homeless, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like oh like what's going on but mostly we were just like we were like no yeah. like jorge you don't understand because you have a penis but like you don't stop when people approach you on the street yeah and, and i'm like well i'm just networking because yeah. i'm graduating <laughs> and then you made that oh then i think i said wow jorge that's so hot yeah yeah <laughs> that's what i said and and, and i made a joke it's one of the best ones i feel i, I got love, i got I my that joke it's like my, my favorite book. joke that oh. one and there was another one hmm I don't remember. There's one other one that you have that, um, yeah, I don't know, I don't but, know. but I'm pretty sure we, we, I came up with it talking to you and stuff, which is important. Cause if I sit down and write something, I can't really do it. I have to like talk it out. I've mm-hmm. talked, I've talked out the concept with somebody. It's mm-hmm. like, Hey, you know, what do you think of this? Or is this funny? Is this, is, is a concept alone funny? Mm-hmm. Then I like, once someone else validates that it is, it's like, all right, maybe there's something that I could, I could yeah. add or, or take away from yeah well I think that's the real question is like you gotta have somebody else validate it which is really what we're all doing in comedy right yeah, yeah I mean if oh yeah we're just up there to be validated yeah. I need a bunch of strangers to tell me that they think I'm funny too which is super fucked up and totally not why I got into comedy but in some subconscious way I think that's why I did really yeah in some subconscious like I felt alone I felt alone at SGSU hmm. And I was like, all right, well, here's these group of people, and they're laughing at me, and laughing means it's a good sign. Mm-hmm. They're not laughing at me; they're laughing with me. Yeah. So. Yeah. You don't you, you don't think there's an aspect of I that? I mean, I think that yeah, maybe it is. You're right, because I'm looking for other people to validate that they think the shit that I think is funny is funny. Which I don't think is initially a bad thing either. Yeah. I think I think we all, in some percentage, I whether, think it can it, be bad it, if taken to an yes. extreme, which is kind of why I took. It's why I took the hiatus that I did. You know, yeah. I was like, oh my god, they didn't laugh at my jokes. They hate me. But but I think that's true for other other uh, realms. You know, like uh, you know, when you're working and someone gives you a compliment, it's like yeah, you know, it's like so someone's noticing that I'm working. Well, or stuff like that. Th- the question is, do you do the work for the work, and then? are pleased when the compliments come or do you do the work for the compliments i do the work for the to pay the rent that's, that's well no the comedy doesn't pay the rent this is the yeah, work that that's i'm talking true. about comedy, this is the comedy does not work. pay the rent you're right it's yeah. <laughs> quite a statement comedy pays the rent if you're amy schumer yeah and that's, true. that's it no yeah. of course like louis ck there are some but definitely not you us. know what's funny when you say that 
if I'm working a job that I'm like it's just for to pay the bills, mm-hmm. and someone compliments me, I feel I do feel pretty good. Like mm-hmm. hey, you know, if yeah. it's it's like a what's the word I'm looking for? It's a compliment. It's a boost. But when I'm working at stuff that's for me creatively or or you know for my own per- passion projects, mm-hmm. and someone compliments me, I get mad. I get no. What's yeah. wrong with you? This is shit. This is How shit. How dare you say yeah. this is good? Or I assume that they're all lying to me. Yeah, or they're lying. And yeah. it's like it's funny. It's like why is it that only in things that matter to me, why can I not want this validation? But in things that I don't care, I do want validation. Is that weird? No, you you want validation, but you don't like believe the validation because it's like the thing is is that I maintain that like when you make these works, these creative works that if you have put like your identity or part of yourself or this creation, it's so hard to create, you know, you've created something and then you've taken this part of you, this little creation that you've made, these word children that you have, and you have put it on display for other people to judge. And if they judge it poorly or harshly, it's, it's almost, it feels like they have judged your child badly or they've judged somehow part of you badly because this is a part of you. So I'm like, yeah, I know my kid's ugly. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're not. That's not what you're like. You're like, that is my child and my child is beautiful. And, but then you're like all upset. Like, Oh no, my child is ugly. What am I going to do? And it's like, yeah, but I'm talking about them complimenting my child. Yeah. Well, cause then you don't believe them because you're so down on yourself. Because is you it, don't even believe that you're good. Is that what it is? It, it's, yeah. it's me? I'm yeah. the problem? Yeah, you're the problem. Men are the problem? Yeah. Me, my penis? Yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Can you just get that penis out of here? Okay, thanks. Oh, yeah. Just detach it and just put it in the closet or something. Like that song? Detachable oh, yeah. penis. Who's it by? Weezer? Is it? I don't I know. Don't know. I liked not. the music video. Well, at least the cartoon I, version. For some reason, I think Weezer made most of the songs in the 90s. I'm sure it's not true, but for some reason, <laughs> in, my, in my head, that's how I, I logically because there's so many songs that are like one hit wonders by bands right so I just blend them all to Weezer yeah. you know what I'm sure Weezer is proud of that <laughs> yeah I'm sure they are <laughs> they're like we we claimed the 90s as our decade for, for alternative music mm. yeah so now you're back I am back I'm back from Portland back from Portland to stay to stay what are your goals now oh well I haven't really worked that far one of the problems in my life is that it's always been very goal oriented what's the next step Hmm. and I've I've never had sort of mindfulness practice of what's going on here and now what am I doing right here and right now right now I'm looking for a job if anybody's hiring a (laughs) ridiculous comedian I I should attach your resume (laughs) to this podcast episode yeah Yeah. just just click on the link and you please ignore all the vagina statements (laughs) (laughs) all the swearing and the fact that I use the word cunt because I swear in a professional setting I don't do that yeah I promise pinky promise Uh um but I'm looking for a work for for a work (laughs) for work I'm looking for a job and um I'm just taking it one day at a time, you know. I was so so pleased that you asked me to um, be one of the writers for your for your Monday show. Which it switched to Wednesday soon, but yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. You're you're now Wednesday show. Uh Um, I was really really stoked about that because, um, you know, since I've been in a hiatus for doing stand up, I've been I've still been writing jokes, and I think that you know joke writing isn't that interesting. Is like you could no matter what like. 
it's almost like you can't get rid of it. Like I know I took a little hiatus because of school, but I, I I kept thinking about jokes. Mm-hmm. It's like it's a, oh yeah, it sticks well, with you. I feel like once I figured out how to properly structure a joke, you know, because before it was all just sort of like stories that I thought were funny, mm-hmm. and just no like set up punchline deal. But once I sort of figured out how to do that, I. Just now, every every time I'm in a conversation that's fucking hilarious, all I can think of is like, "Where's my joke book?" And um, when did you first uh, started doing that? The joke book, yeah, or, or at least taking it more seriously to write things down and stuff like that. Um, I was gonna say actually around the time that I stopped doing the stand up, hmm. which is kind of interesting because like I stopped doing stand up almost a year ago, not quite a year ago, maybe around February of last year. Um, you know, I I wasn't, my jokes weren't hitting very well. And, um, I took it very, very, like, there was a lot of other things going on too, but I sort of had this moment of like, like my jokes are worthless. My comedy is worthless and I am no good. And then I was like, I can't do stand up anymore. So I stopped doing stand up and I started, but then I was like, I had this moment where like things around me were still very funny in my own head so I started just writing it down and then I started having these like thoughts that were more pervasive as I was trying to sleep or something like that and then I was like you know I spent plenty of nights where I'd roll over and just finally pass out instead of writing it down and then I was like I gotta write some of these down because like I'm telling you what I thought last night was comedy gold I telling you but I can't remember what it was for the life of me yeah so I started writing some of them down just because I just kept, I had this idea that I'd be back. Like, I'll be back, I'll do stand-up some more, and then I'm gonna be really sad that, like, I didn't keep these jokes, that I didn't write them down, that I did just give up and roll over. So then I started keeping the comedy joke book around and taking it more seriously. And uh, that's why I was really glad you offered me the writing position, because it was a way for me to, to sort of express that, the comedy creativity side, without sort of the pressure of, of, the audience has to love you mm. and I'm trying to alleviate myself of that pressure anyway naturally you know you came perfect timing because I was looking for another writer to, to complete the the staff and you came perfect like it was a surprise it was meant to be it was a beautiful surprise when, we, when I it saw you it was a beautiful moment when um, you do you know I was literally talking about you two seconds before you walked in yeah with the cafe for Scotty barista I I so I got here on Thursday night at like eleven o'clock at night. I yeah. spent Friday with. Um, D- didn't give me a heads up. No you, heads up. You, no no. You were coming I back to I town. literally came here to surprise everybody. Did not give anybody heads up except for one girl, and I went. And I spent Friday with her, and then Saturday I called up two of my other friends. We made plans for that night. I said, "Hey, let's walk in." At, we we went to Original Gravity a, a bar. And uh, grabbed a couple drinks, and I said, guys, let's go to Cafe Friscotti. They're going to close in, like, an hour. Like, let's go. Just walk. I'll see if anybody, I know anybody there. I walk in. Do not recognize any of the baristas there because, like, the turnover rate in that place is, like, awesome. <laughs> I start talking with this one barista girl. I was like, hey, like, who still comes here? Uh, does Victor come here? Does uh, Jorge comes here? And she goes, oh, yeah, Jorge's, like, here every day. <laughs> And then I just turned... Did she say it, like, disappointedly? Yeah. You, no, no, like, she's... Yeah, Jorge. No, he's she's here. like, oh, fucking Jorge. He, can you take him away? She's like, God, like, of course you'd ask about that. Fuck that guy. No, she was like... <laughs> she was like, oh, Jorge's here. Um, 
she's like oh yeah he comes here like every day we see jorge all the time because she like recognized because i was also bringing up oh does like amy work here still does like uh -huh. all the people who i know knew work there six months ago um are most of them are gone and she was like giving me the lowdown and she's like oh yeah jorge's still here like every day and then i turn around and there you are and it was like this was meant to be yeah. and i got really sing-songy and then i ran into your arms and somebody should have been playing music it was that beautiful yeah, I thought I was a seeing ghost. I was like, no. Yeah, you kept asking my Whoa. friends to pinch you. Yeah, well, yeah, it was, it was amazing you're back. But perfect timing because uh, I was still working at the Kings with the writers room, and I felt like I needed uh, another um, perspective, a different perspective of what he had. And uh, talking about women in comedy, one of the biggest things that I'm going for is to introduce more women to the comedy scene. Like when I first ran the com uh, for Scotty Comedy Room. I made sure that it was a, a balance of featured acts, of both male and female. I know. I feel like I, I'm allowed um, to take partial credit for that because I told you like how shitty it was being a woman in comedy. And was like you that, should. and then I had an eye-opening experience with somebody. They approached me, and, oh, and, really? and yeah, I didn't tell you about that. No, you didn't tell me about that. Uh, one. So, so somebody got like you know she got offended by the way the guys were talking about women on stage. And, oh yeah, and you know for me you know and then she. I went at it, and at the time, I was still new to the comedy scene. I still didn't know what the hell I was doing. But, like, she made valid points. And then one thing that shocked me was she said, you are a community leader. I was like, no, I'm not. He's like, whether you like it or not, you're running a, 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 an event that, that's out in the public. You are a community leader. Mm -hmm. And I remember for, like, weeks, that bothered me. It's like, who, what? No, I don't want this this position of power. Uh, of stuff. Of was minor like, power? Uh, yeah, of minor <laughs> power. And I was like, she has a point. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I should do more of an effort to at least somewhat, you know, I'm not going on a full on crusade to, 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 you know, go all over the country and, and fix this problem. But it's more like this is the space I do control mm -hmm. and at least I could do something about it. Yeah. So, you know, flash forward to now and now I'm back as, as, as controlling that room again mm -hmm. and now I'm approaching it a lot more differently. But I was like, I wanted a, a diverse writing team, mm -hmm. you know. And not just stand-ups. I wanted people who had experience in theater, mm -hmm. people who have experience in, in, in acting, people... Because my vision for it was, was a, a more ambitious, but I think more collaborative as well. Right. And so it took all the pressure... Or not all of the pressure, but it took a lot of the pressure off of you, you know, to come up with new jokes every week. Pressure, and, but also I made things more exciting. Yeah. Because every week there's something new. Like before, when I ran it, the first two months were exciting. After that, everything became the same old thing, mm -hmm. you know? But now it's like, now we have something to look forward to. Right. Exciting. And I remember at the time, the only female writer I had was Miranda. Mm -hmm. And I had Matt, Mighty Mike McGee, Jacob. And, and I was like, I, I, I think I need another female writer, you know, just to balance things out, get a different perspective. Mm -hmm. But not only do I want a diverse, you know, as far as gender, but also diverse backgrounds. Mm -hmm. and I was like, I don't really have a strong uh, stand-up. I did have one song before, but I had to let him go. You mm -hmm. know, it wasn't working out. Um because I know, like, Miranda, amazing playwright. Mm -hmm. she, she's such a great writer. Matt, such a great actor. And, mm -hmm. and, 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 oh, yeah. And, I've and, seen and, him in a couple of things. And, it's been great. And, and improv. Uh, Mighty Mike McGee, great poet. He was a stand-up before. And he, he his wisdom, you know, mm -hmm. he's like the elderly guy out of all of us. And he has that wisdom. I know. You've talked a lot of, like, really. You've been and, spouting some really good yeah. things about him. I'm, like, excited to meet him. And Jacob, you know, just, you know, he comes... A different unique way of approaching comedy as far as you know puns and all that right and then i was like i need someone else who's more stand-up heavy and 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 female oriented 
And I was like, and then you walked right through the door. Uh, I you believe you walked through the door. Yeah. I was already on well, the yeah, other side of the door. Technically, I walked through the door, yeah. <laughs> but I was like, you know what? And, and then I I always thought you were funny. I, I thought you always had oh. potential. Um, and I think, and this is something that me and Marty McGee talked about. Like, sometimes to be considered a comedian, you don't always have to resort to stand-up. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, it's okay if all you do is a page comedy writer. Mm-hmm. Like, you're good at writing stuff on page, mm-hmm. but don't perform it. There is no shame, nothing wrong with that. And that just blew my mind. I was like, he's right. It's like, why are we, like, you know, kind of uh, in some weird way uh, telling people it's either you do stand-up or you're not a real comedian at all? Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, that, that social construct within the comedy world is such bullshit. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, and, and, he, and, and he said that that's the problem in the comedy community is is – you know, we don't acknowledge say, hey, you know, maybe you're not doing so well, but hey, have you considered writing for someone else or have you considered this or that? Mm-hmm. He says they leave you out in the cold to figure it out. And sometimes, mm-hmm. unfortunately, a lot of people don't survive that cold and end up not sticking with comedy. And I was like, he's right. And and, and that's where I knew it. it's like I, I need uh, uh, well, I forgot where I was, I was going with this. But the point I'm trying to make is that's what you bring in to my writing staff is that different perspective of looking at things because for me the more the the more uh, different backgrounds people have Mm -hmm. I think the more funnier a joke can be Mm -hmm. a more smarter a joke can be uh, you know and we're like a month in and I am inspired and impressed by my comedy staff already like you guys come up like today was your first one Mm -hmm. and you've already punched up the, the, the jokes we had a lot funnier Thank you. you know, like me, Thank Mar- you. you know, at the time it was just me and Miranda trying to figure shit out, and, and it's like we need a third person. Mm-hmm. Um, and and yeah, I've just rambled on. No, I like it. You you have a tendency to do that, and I dig it because <laughs> if you don't do it, see, this is the thing. Yeah, I ramble on all the fucking time, and I need friends who also ramble on so that this way, when <laughs> I do it, I don't feel guilty. Because <laughs> when I have silent friends, I'm like, fuck, I, they haven't spoken at all. Yeah. All right, we passed that one hour mark. No, no, don't click me off. Wait, I want to say hi to everybody. Okay. Uh, all right, say hi to everyone. Hi, everyone. I don't even know who's listening. Nobody I know is listening, probably. Probably. I don't know. Maybe it's people that didn't know you're back. Oh, to anybody who doesn't know I'm back, I'm back. <laughs> Surprise. To those of you who don't know me, hi. And to those of you who don't care to, well, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> this is Darcy Gardner signing off. This is Thundercut signing this out. Is Thundercut. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta say that with some grandeur. You can't right. be like you can't say Thundercut. It in. You can't say yeah. Thundercut all flimsy like. Uh, you gotta you gotta Thundercut it. All right, Darcy, it's been a pleasure having you here. It's been wonderful having you here, Jorge. <laughs> I-